and welcome to Faith, Final Drafts, and The F Word. I'm Darla Phillips, a host and producer, along with fellow screenwriters Sarah Hopkins and Rebecca Williams-Spindler. Join us as we share our experiences navigating careers in film and television. Add in the twists that we're women of faith, entering into life's second season, and you might find yourself mumbling under your breath. Good luck with that, ladies. Mm. Follow along for some guaranteed laughs and some valuable screenwriting and industry perspective. Anyone with a dream will enjoy this podcast video. Hope you join in. And remember, we gotta enjoy the journey. Well, welcome back to Faith Final Drafts and the F Word. Today, we're tackling core story wounds, <laughs> taking inspiration from our personal wounds and how the timeline of our healing can influence a story. But before we get into that topic, we are implementing into our video podcast a segment called What's Your F Word? <laughs> and um, so in our title, we have um, Faith, Final Drafts, and the F Word. So we figured each week we'd each take a turn sharing um, something that relates to our faith journey, something that relates to our writing journey, which would be the final drafts. <laughs> and what is so frustrating that it relates to the F word part of our segment. <laughs> so Sarah go first today with that. So what are you what's your what are your F words this week? I have lots of F words. <laughs> Some really good ones. Okay, so I'm gonna start with the faith one first. So I I love first of all I like the name of the title of ours because I feel like um, sometimes as real life people, <laughs> we're not just writers, we're not just moms, we're not just Christians or faith-based people. Um, sometimes we just categorize and we fit in that mold for whatever that's going to be. But like everybody, everything touches, right? Like it's spaghetti, everything's touching. So for me, the faith piece of this last week, um, so it's January of 2022 and I had never done an actual fast before. For So we just started a new church and this is one of the things I did. It was like a 21 day fast and I chose to fast alcohol. So I just needed to prove to myself that that wasn't something and I just really needed to be praying about a lot of things along with having a very big year coming up. I have... Two daughters, one's graduating high school, one's graduating um, her welding degree with her associates, and my husband is retiring. So we had a pretty big year, and I was like, I want to front load my year, and I want to start it off on the right foot. So, you know, I started working out and eating clean, and I did this fast with no alcohol, and I also set a goal for myself to finish a feature film script, and that's where my F word of the frustration <laughs> came in because I had set this goal and I had been doing all of these wonderful things and I had been writing pages like you know we would have I love the accountability that we have with each other where we'd like send each other page counts and the script is a gazillion pages long and but it's good but the frustrating part was that I didn't hit my goal and I also know that this first draft is first year. <laughs> right. So it's just the frustration of like, oh, this isn't what I want it to be. I didn't meet my deadline. So those are those are kind of my two big things. Um, so it was faith, final drafts, and frustration. Those are kind of all of them wrapped up in me. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. And all right, Becky, you're up. What okay. are your <laughs> So um, I'll start with the same thing. I'll start with the, the faith concept. And I too also really like the subject matter of our podcast, Faith final drafts and the F word. So for me, um, I got an email as we all do, because if we all subscribe to umpteen um, screenwriting, you know, uh, resources, and I got a particular email that really resonated with me. And it happened early in the morning. And I just felt there was 
a special voice, a higher power voice that said, pay attention to this email. And so I copy and pasted it and I sent it to you guys. And I'm like, what do you think of this email? And you guys are like, oh yeah, you know? And so that was really special for me because there's so many avenues that we're looking for. Which avenue should we follow? Which route should we take our writing on? And so to get that extra little nudge from somewhere other than myself, you know, the Holy Spirit maybe giving me a nudge saying, try this avenue. So I'm going to try that. So that was my faith part. But I'm also, you know, writing projects. I'm also starting a new project this year. And I have a client project that I had a final deadline. So I'm like trying to crunch and get that done. And then the, the frustration was the particular day that I had this deadline, I also got some good news that my daughter was coming to visit. And so I was like, Ooh, I want to get this done before she comes into my house so I can focus my attention on my, my daughter because I don't get to see her that often. So it was just this, <laughs> and then the doorbell rings and it's like, ah! and I haven't hit send yet. But thankfully, I have a supportive family that are like, okay, do what you got to do, mom. And then, yeah. But it is, it's hard. It's hard to juggle all those plates at the same time. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And yours. All right. Well, for me, okay, so my faith. Um, so just last, well, two days ago on Saturday, um, our grandson, he's her date, and in our faith, um, you get baptized at eight. And um, that to me is my big faith moment. Um, our whole family comes together and, oh my gosh, see, I'm going to cry. <laughs> but it's just such a beautiful thing to see um, this huge family come together and some of us have different opinions on the faith we're in and some people we're all on different journeys but to see them all to come together for this little eight-year-old boy was my faith moment to um there's i don't know i love my family and i love seeing them support each other even when they have different opinions sometimes but mm-hmm. came together for a little light levi turned eight was baptized <laughs> <laughs> um so that was my faith moment my final drafts moment was it, i've been um i, I had I've been working on a new project, a new feature, comedy, um, which I'm so excited about. And I was like, I'm excited because I'm in the process of, you know, getting, I wrote up the concept, wrote up a little outline, in the process of getting notes back um, from my manager. Very exciting, except for, now this leads into my frustration part, (laughs) I was like, I like I emailed him. I'm like, I'm gonna have a first draft of something by the end of January. Well, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the frustration is, well, it's not. It's not the frustration is obviously I won't get that first draft done by the end. But it's been a good experience for me to just be patient and go through this notes process and get get it to a point where, hey, when I do start writing it, maybe I won't get as many notes back <laughs> later for so sure, for sure. so that's my little um yeah so that's our efforts for the week so thank you for sharing those with us so i guess we're going to hop into our topic this is where i need my glasses and okay so just a reminder um this the topic is um core story wounds or some might, people might just call it core wounds um uh so taking inspiration from our personal wounds and how the timeline of our healing can influence the story so I just want to kind of open this up. I'll start out with, um, okay, so we've all been wounded. We've all been wounded somehow uh, in our lives. Um, and as odd and as weird as it may seem, I feel like we truly cannot know happiness and joy without experiencing heartache and sadness. 
And do you guys kind of, I don't know, what do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's... I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I agree. I, exactly like you said. I mean, sometimes we, we look at it as black and white sometimes, yeah. that you don't really understand the gravity of the hard parts unless you've had really high highs. Yeah. So it's like the high highs, all those, it, it makes you appreciate the other thing about the other thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, go ahead. Well, you know, or we are in such a routine that we kind of take for granted all the things that are already in existence in our life that are so precious and special until something breaks our routine unexpectedly yeah. yes. and that's where the pain comes in or the frustration or whatever so the shock like yeah. what <laughs> wait a minute um so I, I was trying to imagine like if we lived a life without any um struggles well i just feel like we, we would be such weak weak people don't you think like if you never had a struggle um, and it, we wouldn't, I don't know, we'd be boring. We'd be... It'd be like a story without a really good antagonist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yes. if you don't have an antagonist, you don't have a story. Like, yeah. whatever that's going to be is... It's know. called a hero's journey for a reason. You yeah. have a hero that's trying to solve a problem. Yes. And if there's no problems in your life, then... It's, it's a super boring yeah. show. Yeah, I'm sure what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the most boring movie on earth. So I feel like as writers, much of, um, or if not all, of the material we write is inspired by our past wounds, heartbreaks, or sometimes embarrassments, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I don't know if anybody has... I'm trying to think of, I mean... With, Obviously, I don't want to go into too many personal experiences. I think we all have those moments that they happen and they kind of scar you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, they're there with, there with you for a long time. Um, so, I mean, a past wound can be, a, it could be what, like a, the loss of a loved one. It could be the breakup of a marriage. It could be um, your children's going in a direction that you don't want them to go. It could be, there's so many things um, that could cause a wound. It could it could be your parents that caused your wounds. Uh, most of us probably have a few wounds and I've probably caused a few wounds being a parent. Um, so yeah, the wounds and heartbreaks and embarrassments can come from, you know, many places in our lives. Uh, we might get into some heartbreak later <laughs> as we go on, so, all right. I think not fitting in. Yes. Not fitting true. in, you know, there were times when we were young in, in grade school and we didn't fit in or middle school middle yeah, school yeah. and oh. and high school yes. and maybe the first job you ever had or any job you ever had where you felt like you were the odd man out mm -hmm. or odd woman out yeah and that is such a core thing that we all want to feel like we're needed and we fit in somewhere yeah. so that'll be with us for the rest of our lives oh, I think sure. it's also important to like I think about some of my, like the embarrassing things that we think of, sometimes it helps build our resiliency, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. I moved, um, I think I shared this before. Yeah. So we were moving around about every two years when I was growing up. And so I ended up moving literally between my fifth and my sixth grade year. And then we moved in the middle of my eighth grade year and then in the middle of high school. Yes. So those are all very, mm -hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> times of your life that you're, you're really being shaped by yeah, yeah. what you're experiencing. Yeah. And I remember... You know, one of the one of the new high schools that I went to, I think it was high school. And I remember eating my lunch in the bathroom stall because I was like, you do the whole like you survey with your tray yeah. in the lunchroom. You're like, nope, I'm going. And I literally walked right into the bathroom and I sat on the <laughs> eating my lunch by myself. And 
you know, that's something that because it helps shape my resiliency and, you know, I was like, you know what, I'll find my people. And for me, I always had the thing that helped me find my people. And for me, that was sports. It was like once my sport started, that's when I found my tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, But until that point in time, I was so awkward and people didn't like me and I was the new girl. I was always the new girl, but it helped shape my resiliency. And then it helped kind of shape who I became as an adult. So like, then I went right into the military. We're all new people in the military. Mm -hmm. Like you're moving around all the time and it's just part of the culture. And so you automatically just scoop up the new person you're like let's go come on you know kind of thing it just it's just one of those things that it grows you as a person when you recognize that your wound helps your resiliency yes and that's part of your story which is part of your writing very much so yeah Yeah. for me it's not knowing which box to check okay Mm. so my mother's family is filipino and my dad's family is white appalachian And when I was growing up in the 80s and applying for colleges and stuff back then, there wasn't a biracial box or more than one race or, you know, Mm -hmm. it was white, black, or, you know, Hispanic. And I'm like, none of those. But I could guess I'd have to check the white box. So when I would have, you know, family reunions and I'd go to my mom's side, I looked too white but then when I went to see my dad's family down south I looked too dark so it is it's it's it does give you resiliency it it does impact your identity Mm -hmm. and it kind of gives you an internal flame to be like okay this is who I am and I'm not gonna try to hide it anymore and I'm gonna try to get some strength behind it and look out for the little guy who might be going through the same thing that I went through. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I, Let's give the voice to the little yes, people. Yes, I love that. So I remembered something that was kind of funny that I discovered about myself recently. So my kids, a couple of years back, bought this story. Um, oh, you, it's like a, it's, it's a journal. So you, the company sends story worth, oh, story worth. Yeah. They will send you a question every week and you, write your little history, and at the end, they publish this little book for you. So it was so interesting. One of the questions was, how many high schools did you attend? And I was like, oh my goodness, I went to three different high schools. Um, And that's what I put in the book. That's what was published. My kids have it, and my kids are like, man, I can't believe you went to that many high schools. Well, come about a year later, a friend of mine called me, and and, um, she's like, Darla, she's like, Remember that school we went to? The, the we went to. We both. This is the big reveal that might be cut out later. <laughs> she's like, she's like. Remember going to Prego High? And I was like, oh my gosh, I suppressed. Like there is suppression of a yeah. repression of memory because I was like, oh my goodness, I lied in my story worth. I lied. <laughs> I went to four schools, and um, but it was, it was just like one of those moments. I realized like. It, I don't know if it was a shameful thing. I don't know what that whole experience was. All of us girls there that experienced that kind of tucked it away and buried it away. Um, but dredge it, dredge, it's not dredging it up, it's been kind of a really positive cathartic experience mm-hmm. to, to bring that up and talk to my kids about it. And, um, but definitely that experience is a wound. Like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's actually inspiring some of my writing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so sometimes there's things that we don't even know. <laughs> you repress it and you lie about it in your book that you wrote for your children. <laughs> it's like, oh, actually edit that. One more. So, but yeah, so that, those are the things that, yeah, things that we like that maybe not even realize yet that are affecting or driving our writings. So, all right. Okay, so think of those wounds. 
that we just talked about. And did you ever try to write about something too soon? Like, and um, I don't know, like for me, I think I talked about in our last podcast, I did try to write about things when I was young, but I knew as I was writing it, it didn't feel right. I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Cause I knew enough that there was too much angst in it, if that makes sense. Like there's too much anger, too much hurt. Um, but that's just me, it never felt right to, for me to write that story. But I do think sometimes that is the right story. They're, people's stories do need to be told if they have been deeply harmed or abused or... Um, so I think, I don't know, what are your thoughts on the timeline of, of that? Like writing about something too soon or, I don't know. Well, I think you should still write about it. Yes. If it's fresh and you feel it, go ahead and write it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe you want to set it aside for a little while before you like submit it to someplace. Yeah. Oh, or edit. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But I think if anything, there's some gold in what you wrote because yes. you literally poured yeah. your heart out onto this page. And so maybe if it's not appropriate for this avenue or that avenue, still keep it mm -hmm. because down the road, you might have a character that's gonna draw from that. Yes. That's so. good. I agree. I agree. Like, I think that's why journaling is important. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people journal and are very real with their journal. Although I have the problem of still being too nice in my journal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, someone's going to read that. So. Some of that is just our, um, just how we're, we were conditioned. You know, how you're growing up, you know, you be the nice girl. You know, my mom was always like, you can't say anything nice. You don't say anything at all. <laughs> Which, you know, kind of when you have that grooming, when you do write something mm -hmm. that feels harsh or you know, hurtful because you are feeling that, you know, you have to remember that you are, you have your valid feelings about what that is, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's not going to evolve and change. And that also doesn't mean that mm -hmm. it's something that you're going to hang on to and it's going to fester inside of you forever. Because mm -hmm. usually if you're processing things in a healthy way, mm -hmm. you will get to that place kind yeah. of thing. But it is, it is okay to be raw mm -hmm. like that, you know, yeah. but yeah. obviously you're going to want to be in a safe place to do that. <laughs> and you're not gonna want that to go to the person that it might be hurting. So, you know, being smart about how you're raw, maybe is a better way to. Yeah, and, and that leads us into the next, like, so how does this, um, the timeline of the healing, how does it affect your telling of the story? So obviously when it first happens, it's raw, it might be ugly, mean, angry, um, but as time goes by, um, how you get distance from it, you get perspective, you yes. know, like, and you can see more pieces of what the puzzle yes. was in that situation mm -hmm. versus how you just personally felt in it, yes. which makes that's good story. You give all of that to the characters that are in your story. If you are going to explore something like that, you get the full story, you can heal from that. Yes, and I love to me as much as I know people need to get their stories out when they're too angsty and there's too myopic like they only see one you like mm -hmm. you know I, I it's always like oh that's kind of a little bit of a turn off to me I mean mm -hmm. I love it when as you were saying like as time goes on you can kind of take a look around and see the full picture and like why did this person act this way and and, and it's such a fuller story a more mature story mm -hmm. that shows that you know we that we're we're growing from the hurt we've had um, grow from the source of the hurt yes right mm -hmm. so what was it that triggered this big awful wound and can you write about that because maybe if you write about the cause there's somebody else out yes. there that's having that same cause mm -hmm. in their life mm 
Yeah. And how can you make this a bigger message? Yes, and make it and a positive a, message. Right. Mm -hmm. A meaningful message. Yeah. Meaningful. So that's where that's I would go. Magic. Yeah, yeah, right there. Perfect. So let's see. So I think we've kind of already talked can about Can we talk this. about Are modern okay? day wounds, please? <laughs> yes, we will. Because we're talking yes. about stuff that happened to us when we were let's kids do. or whatever. Let's but go there. As a woman of a certain age, there's all <laughs> kinds of yes, modern day wounds. Yes, <laughs> I do. I hate that. I know. But I, so, okay, because I write comedy, mm -hmm. here is a wound for me. These. I know. <laughs> yes. True. So, you know, I can drive without them. I can do a lot without them. But then if my phone rings while, you know, I'm in my car, it's like, what, what, what? Oh, yeah, I can't do that. So I have to literally pull over, put on the glasses, and read what's going on in my phone. Because I don't have a, you know, modern car that has Bluetooth or whatever. I have to physically, like, look it. So to me, that just coming to grips with where I'm at now. Yeah with this age, physically and whatnot, <laughs> what I can't. <laughs> it is. It so is. Yeah. So that's true. And trying to break into the industry we're trying to break into mm -hmm. at this age. Mm -hmm. Although I think we're doing it at the right time, girls. I think this is the right <laughs> time for us. What do you think? I feel like 20, 30 years ago, we would have just been, would have been like laptops. Yeah. Yeah. There's so yeah. many more platforms. And I love that, you know, all of these different platforms, they have kind of that niche or they have what they're looking for and they have a built-in audience and you know what you're you know what you're looking for you know yeah. like if you just even look at when you pull up netflix or whatever your streaming service and you're like you know here's you know book adaptations or documentaries or whatever like yeah. you can get so you can really mine down to what you're looking for and then they can be like you know female driven blah 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 like yeah. you're just like I'm all about that let's do that or you know it's, you know what you're getting into now and so you can you can find what you're looking for yes and people are looking for our voices oh, yeah. so it's it's awesome it's exciting time mm -hmm. I feel very hopeful even though yeah well, and I think, and I, I'm older than you guys so I got a bigger <laughs> wound but <laughs> that much older come on now <sighs> so the other thing that I think we can all draw from is that every single one of us is in the sandwich generation, right? Mm -hmm. We've got parents yeah. that are, you know, needing some looking after, and then we've got kids that definitely need some looking after. And then we have our own lives that we're trying to ride in the middle of the road here mm -hmm. and, and, and have our own self worth. And, you know, so it's a continuous supply of Oh, yeah. want and demand mm -hmm. of our time and our minds yeah. and everything but if we didn't have those two entities I don't think our content would be the same I agree it does it fuels so much of what you have to say it drives um, and the things that you you're picking up on that when you actually see it when you see <laughs> a really good scene you're like oh yes, yes. yes. That's I about. feel seen in that scene yeah. Yeah. like how do you write that you yes. know like those are the scenes that you the, that's the goal. And that that's what that people relate to because they're going through the same thing. And yeah. to see it yep. out there our, you know, on TV or the big screen is yeah, super therapeutic <laughs> for them and for us. <laughs> it helps all of us. So, um, Okay, so I, just one thing. So this, okay, this next thing, and we can take this however you want, but um, so I want to talk, so how does time, so time can compress and hone and produce a diamond of a story before a single word is written. So this, and I put this down because this happens, this is, I think, 
my process and, and you guys can agree, disagree, or just tell us your process. Um, so for me, like a story might build for years um, and it might even be decades before I even get a word on the page. But I feel like when I finally go to write that story, that's been like, um, like it's been kind of coming up and I'm like, hey, no, back down, back down. And the, the more I compress it, the more powerful the story gets in my, in my gut anyways. And, um, and to me, like when, when I feel ready to write a story, it, it's so compelled from my, from my gut. Like it's almost like that story has to come out now. Like I can't, com I can't compress it anymore. Um, doesn't mean, so when I say like the story's a diamond, it does not mean it's going to go onto the page like a diamond. <laughs> but the inspiration and the, and, and the um, like it's all, how do I explain? The story's there. So I, that's why I feel so confident. Like if I'm going to pitch one of those stories, I know I can make it a good story. It might take me a while to figure out how it's going to be a great story, but it's so inspired. I, I don't know if it's inspired is the right word, but it's so compelled and there's so much emotion attached to it by the time I've crushed it down. <laughs> and I know you're not supposed to do that. Therapists would say, don't do that. Don't compress. <laughs> but, um, but for me, when that story is like ready to burst out, I'm like, okay, that's, it's time to write that story. Mm -hmm. And, and so I guess I feel like that's a diamond of a story. It may not, but like it might take years to, <laughs> to get it there. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like that whole, that whole, I can relate to that. So. I can't relate to that. I don't know if it's just because I'm a newer writer or that I'm right now because I'm in, I'm writing adaptations yeah. of other people's mm -hmm. things that I feel like I can't even like go there in my brain mm -hmm. on some of my own stories because I'm still so new at it that I, I have a hard time juggling two different stories. Like if I'm doing multiple projects at a time, like which you should be, they have to be in very different places. Mm -hmm. Like one is at a pitch mode and one is in first draft mode. Like that's two very different yeah, sides of your brain yes. as well as two very different stories. Like if they were similar stories, I think I'd have a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, but because they're so different and there are different kind of places in their lives, um, I don't have that feeling where it's like, I feel like I've been compressing things down to like bring them back up. I, and it might just be because I'm a newer writer too. Yeah. Like I'm still trying to figure out what my yeah, next thing that I the, really feel compelled yeah. to write is. And I've had some amazing projects and things that, you know, got workshops yeah. to death, but I learned how to write with that stuff. So yeah. maybe now that I'm figuring out the, the, you know, looking at what story really actually is. What is the beginning, middle, and end? Yeah. Looking at the structure. How do you write this? What what are the beats supposed to feel mm -hmm. like? Because yeah. I'm still learning, like, the the, the, the school side of writing yeah. so yeah. that the story will come out in that way. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I can't really relate to that. But I, but I, okay, but, but I'm going to be the – I'm going to argue you this. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I do think you have had that experience because – That take fit. And you had my years first. and years and years of being in the armed forces, watching your husband go through yes. deployments. So I am going to play devil's advocate and say you have that was my very first writing had, experience. Yes, yes, and that was that was that feeling. Yeah, yeah. but I haven't. I don't think I've. Ha I mean, I've I've loved the projects that I've worked yeah. on, and they felt very special. Like I smile. Like I'm yeah. just benignly writing whatever I feel like writing. Yeah. Every single one of yeah. them. I was like. I'm the right writer for this because yes. blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. right. Yeah. But you're right. Like my yeah. very first writing thing that I ever did was definitely that. Like, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I gotta get it out. Well, and I feel like, and I love this about. Um, I was listening to 
Imagine Impact had a podcast for a while and I need to go check and see, but one of their first podcasts they put out was they were talking about if you do not have the core emotion, you don't have anything, you know? So I guess that's the point I'm trying to get at. Like if you don't have that core emotion, then it won't matter how great of a writer you are. You're not going to have. So I guess that's my point is like, that's such an important element in our stories. And, and obviously it doesn't have to be suppressed for years or repressed for years. But what if you had to give yourself permission to write something? So for me, I write half hour family comedy because that just comes natural to me. And I love it and it just flows. But I've had a, a feature drama stirring yeah. in me for years and I haven't granted myself permission to write it. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, this is gonna take a lot of time and this is gonna take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and literally yeah. to write this thing that's stirring within me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not discounting it and I am compressing it, yeah. but I don't know when the right time is is to just let this sucker out. Yeah. So when it, when it comes out without, yeah. <laughs> when it just, yeah. Because I feel like if I do let those floodgates open, my whole mind, and you can relate yeah. to this, your, your whole mind is going to be on that project. Mm -hmm. yes. And so I almost have to like, like Sarah is great at this, is block out X amount of time and be like, okay, this is it. Yeah. These next two months, I'm just going to write this mm -hmm. bad boy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if the phone rings or if this happens, I just got to get this out of me. Mm -hmm. But I haven't granted myself permission to do that yet. Yeah. You need to grant yourself that, my dear. You need to do it <laughs> when you can. So. And some of it is going to take a little research, and I'm kind of intimidated by that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me um, too. I know the story that I want to write, but to get the background flushed just so, i got to do some fact-checking and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm like, eh, do I really want to do that? I'm not a really... Mm. I don't, I don't know, so. I don't know, get the concept out and, and see yeah. if it has legs and, yeah. and, and then you can do the research and hit it. <laughs> an outline, I could start with an outline. Yeah, always start with an outline. Yes, I agree, I agree. Okay, so I wanna think of, off the top of our heads, although I do have a little cheat list here, who are, what are, who are some screenwriters, authors, or filmmakers that you feel like have mastered the skill of creating beautiful stories built around inspired by core wounds and while you guys are thinking I'm going to go with Jane Austen because I really did have a moment of understanding on this um, you know because when you're young or, yeah, or when the first time you're introduced to Jane Austen or um, any um, female author from you know an earlier time period I just thought oh what a fun story what a cute love story it wasn't until I started to understand, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's writing from, I, this is my belief anyways, from the frustration, the frustration of being a woman at that time and all the, uh, like, could you imagine being a woman at, at, back in the day and wanting to write or wanting to do anything besides being, I mean, I, I love being a mother, there's <laughs> not nothing against that, but what if you had a dream and you couldn't pursue it? Or what if you love somebody and you couldn't be with them because social, you know, mandates wouldn't allow it? And um, so when I realized, like, I, it was just such an eye-opening experience. Where I'm like, oh, I'm like, Jane Austen is writing 
from Core Wounds of what she experienced in her life, at least I believe. Um, so that was just why I put her name there because for me that was my aha, like, oh yeah. Well, I can piggyback on that too because we were just talking about this um, with Juno, so yeah. Diablo Cody. And her, um, just the way that she writes and her dialogue and her sarcasm and what this girl went through, I didn't understand a lot of what that was like because that that those weren't the shoes that I walked in. But yeah. watching that movie and watching this girl go through that and hearing how that you know, because the word sarcasm comes from like tearing the flesh or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. and it is, it literally is, especially for somebody that's going through you know a traumatic you know high school pregnancy and yeah. having to do make those really difficult choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I loved what that movie did for me because we're seeing a girl's point of view on it versus what society is telling them yes. they should or should not be doing. And I, love I, that. I thought that was a I love that movie. I've always loved that movie. It's a great movie. I can relate to that movie. <laughs> so I do love Jim. And you're right. It it, it was a be- It was done done beautifully to where even if wherever you fall on on the political you know side of pregnancy, teenage pregnancy, I felt like it was so beautifully written, so beautifully directed and portrayed that you can't take offense. I don't feel like any, anybody can really take offense, whether you were super liberal or super conservative. I mean, I don't know. It was beautifully told. Um, For me, it's This Is Us. Um, I was hooked by the very first episode. I lost my dad many, many years ago and relate to the kids as adults trying to figure out, well, would my dad be proud of me because I did X? Mm -hmm. And always having that in the back of your mind, well, what would he say today if he was here with me today because of X? Mm -hmm. And so as someone who's lost a parent at a fairly young age, I have that feeling a lot. And that's kind of the baseline of that show that these three siblings are going through life, you know, trying to create their own lives and become parents of their own. But always there's that little voice in the back of their head. Wouldn't dad be great if he was here right now to see my child, you know? So I just, I ugly cry when I watch that show. And yay to all the writers. I follow you on social media. I, it's a, it's. An, I'm gonna miss it. I know season six is the final season, but it's touched me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's what story does, you know, and and so much a story, you know, whatever your character's central conflict is, oftentimes it does usually somehow relate to their core wound. Yeah. And when you have writers that know that feeling, that's when you see it on the page or see it on the screen. You're like, oh, yes, I get it. <laughs> I'm not the only one that feels this way, or it is cathartic to see in a dramatic way you know that's why mm-hmm. stories are so important yeah. of healing you yeah. know like it really is they help important us. To, yeah. to know your own story whether or not you're right or not yeah. and to know you're not alone other people have experienced similar things and um so i do want to give a little shout out well so a lot of my when i knew that this was the subject i kind of wanted to tackle way back when i wrote whatever the, the first outline for this podcast i um looked up tried to get some inspiration on the subject and I found Peter Russell who's who he has passed which I was so sad I'm like I just discovered the script doctor and uh and he's now he's passed away but um he talked so shared so much about core wounds and how that influenced the story and I loved he took it not just to like um 
uh, it wasn't just about, oh, okay, who hurt me? Who, you know, what heartbreak have I had? I mean, he went into embarrassing moments and then he took it to the next level of like, um, like, let's say if <laughs> you're someone maybe videotaped your bedroom in a, in a horrible way, you would be devastated if that went public, but people watching it would love it. You know, I, I mean, he was, he was basically saying, what makes a story interesting is not the perfection it's the flaws mm -hmm. and um and i thought that's so true like and I, and I and i feel like that's what i'm hoping we're doing here with with this video podcast is not worrying so much about being perfect but being real and kind of who we are <laughs> so, and then hopefully people are forgiving <laughs> all of our flaws <laughs> or we might have more core wounds from this yeah. i don't know <laughs> this could be a core wound so I'm, i really well, forgive like, us or not this is who we are yeah this is who we are and that's what i love about this i'm hoping that, that that's part of what we're doing so anyways check out um peter russell's the script doctor all right so um, anyone else on this list? I was trying to think of, um, okay, so, oh, we're thinking, we're talking about the movie because we only have, let's see, we have, oh, yep, we're getting close. All right, so we all recently watched Maggie Gyllenhaal's The Lost Daughter. Yes. Now, I watched it with my sister. You guys, you guys all watched it, right? Yes. And uh as i was watching that i kept thinking oh there's so much wound here there's so much wound uh, so i thought let's you know this will kind of be our last topic as we close up unless anyone has anything else they want to add but what did you i don't know what were your thoughts okay when the, when the end it hits what did you think like what were, what were your well, original before like, oh. the end i yeah. mean it's a cringe-worthy protagonist. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. But yet you're engaged because you want to know what happened yeah. to make her this way. Yes. And so, you know, there were times where I was just like, oh, <laughs> whoa. But I didn't change the channel, right? I just kept watching, kept watching. So. I think It was like a train wreck. You can't stop watching. Yeah. yeah. And I love the way that she... Because oftentimes, especially in something that is more action-driven or whatever, I just loved how dramatic every single scene was just so fully dramatic and so, it, it's like motherhood, <laughs> you know? You were really watching a mom struggle yeah. and you were watching kids struggle. Mm -hmm. It was like I could see so many points of view, you know, through her eyes and the struggle of being a mom and it's the struggle of not being able to do the thing that she loved doing and it made her feel whole. You know, her yeah. children did not make her feel whole. And I think that that's something that is not we don't talk about that a lot. Like everybody's right. like, you're so blessed to have children. Your life is not fulfilled. Like you have all these yeah. things. But it is so hard to be a mom and feel fulfilled in all the areas of your life. Like I feel like that as soon as you become a mom, it's almost like, well, welcome to the rest of your core wound. You, know? like, you will have a wound forever after becoming a mother. Everything from the tra trauma of giving birth to the trauma of raising kids that you're literally like, it was interesting to me, and I'm not condoning any kind of this behavior or whatever, but the physicality of being a mother mm -hmm. and discipline and keeping children safe is a yeah. physical thing. And I loved the way that they portrayed it. It was very um, impactful. I feel like I see, because I've, I've talked to other mothers that have said these words, but to see that, yeah. I was like, 
whoa, yeah. now I understand more about how you are as a person mm-hmm. now because of how your mother was. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I thought that was very, the part, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Olivia Coleman did an amazing yes. job. But the part that really, you know, got me to stop gritting my teeth was her portrayal of the, the middle-aged woman who did not want to be invisible. Mm-hmm. And so much of content out there, you know, is, well, you're this age and you're at this phase mm-hmm. in your life and you're just going to float through, blah, 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 blah. But the scene where she actually gets ticked at the movie theater, oh, yeah. and she's like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> I'm not gonna take it anymore. And I'm like, I can relate to that. That there's been moments yeah. in my life that I'm not, I'm tired of being invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen to me. Yeah. But then the fact yeah. that the way that that scene was written, she still didn't get what she wanted. Right. She still was not seen. Yeah. You know, know. Like, and I feel like there's so many times that you're like, I'm not getting up. That's why I was like, sit down. I'm just going to change here. Yeah. And that's the part that I feel like a lot of our voices, mm-hmm. you know, we need to see those successes and we need to see the failures because mm-hmm. that's the part that's relatable. Yeah. The failure yeah. is what's relatable. Yeah. 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 So for me, it was very, it reminded me so much of, I don't know if you guys, when, when you had your, your very first baby. Um, <laughs> and I remember like, <laughs> you're like, you're relinquishing. I'm like, I am giving up. I'm sacrificing myself now for the next 18 years. And, um, and I just, in, you know, watching, you know, Olivia go through that as her character Lita, I was like, it kept reminding me of like, oh my goodness. I, I kept thinking, is this a woman who maybe didn't make the sacrifice and has regret? Or is this, you know, someone who did make the sacrifice and her kids, because that happens too. Your kids grow up and then they can be vicious. You know, I mean, I'm not saying mine are, mine are angels, right? <laughs> I'm like, you know, what wounded her? Was it that she did put it all in and didn't get the reward or that she didn't and she has regret? And, and I kind of tend I felt like that may have been more in in my mind what I was feeling like is she had some regret in how she mothered, um, and I it made me realize I mean I've had that in my own life like when I've laid down to go to bed at night you know I I would be like oh I screwed that up or I didn't do that right and and it made me realize as moms we're all in that same same you know same boat we sometimes we we. We hit it out of the park. We're amazing, and then sometimes we fall short. And we really miss yeah. the boat. Yes. We're near it. Yeah. yeah, and we beat ourselves up a little bit, and we have regret. And um, so I, I guess for me, I kept thinking, oh, you know, I've had those moments where I'm like, I just feel like I'm, I've screwed things up, and like, and you can't go back and fix it. And I don't know. So that it kind of reminded me a lot of that. I was like, oh, okay, a little painful. Um, I saw the failure of her relationship too with her partner. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. So you know he was getting his career. She's trying to raise the kids and get her education mm-hmm. and get her career off the ground. And then when it came time for her to really get it off the ground, she just didn't. You know. Yes. She wasn't. It was like, I'm leaving. Yes. You know. Regret. Yeah. That's that right. it was so bottled up within her that she didn't really take the time to make it a smooth transition with her husband and the kids. Before she took off, she was just like, I'm done. I'm checking out. It was interesting, too. Like, I was looking at um, just her character's ego. And her ego never changed. That was a constant throughout all of the entire film and Mm -hmm. probably her life as a character. Like, that never changed. And I feel like that's the part, you know, when you become a mother, 
your ego needs to go somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if it's not squashed by them, you yes. know, like it, yeah. it's, it was just interesting to watch somebody and we would call that now selfishness mm-hmm. where, you know, how can we re- reframe that? And I feel like that was what the theme of that yes. whole movie was. And yeah. I loved it. The other part was like not seeing her relationship with her own mother Except uh-huh. she just don't call my mother last or whatever that there was oh, some kind of like phone conversation or when she was talking to the sitter before she was leaving she was oh, like you know call right. my mom like last resort so yeah. it was like you're seeing this almost like generational kind of yes. thing happening and then yeah. hearing the way the daughters were you know talking to her on the phone yeah, or yeah. the daughter I should say you know it was just interesting watching and that's one of the core wounds that you know a lot of people list is like this generational yes. hurt mm-hmm. of what that relationship. Yeah lacking has been in her I feel like yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. oh I, yeah. I think you're right that's a good summary of that alright so that brings us to the ending of the movie let's just say real fast before we close the very ending when oh, she's I on the beach this, I know, this is but you. we can't give anything do you away you know? oh that's spoilers. right no we can't do spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> you're right thank spoilers. you watch the movie you and yes. see if it stirs something within you when you watch the end of that movie yes yeah, see how it makes you feel. Also, side note, if you're looking for scripts to read, I believe in that deadline article that they had announced that, that script is actually a link within that article to be able to read. So if you're looking, if you've never done that before, watch a movie and then read the script and then do it at the same time. It's always a really eye-opening way to see how things transfer, not only visually, but also what gets cut, what stays, what what happens yeah. you know, organically on set and how how characters can bring so much alive that you don't have to yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Just cast it well. Yeah. <laughs> Make the magic yes. shine. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. So, anyways, well, I think that's it for this episode. I don't know. We'll see how long turns out when I go to edit. <laughs> but thanks for joining, and see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening in today on our discussion of core story wounds. For more information on our podcasts and videos, be sure and check out our Facebook page with the same title. Faith, Final Drafts, and the F-Word. This episode of Faith, Final Drafts, and the F-Word was filmed and recorded in Mission Viejo, California. A special thank you to my sister and brother-in-law for graciously hosting us and allowing us to film in their kitchen nook.